Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall and Chris Sasser. We are here with two very special guests. And first of all, if you did not listen to our last episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because you'll get to know um, our new friend or my new friend, at least Boniface. Uh, we have uh, our friend Kim Peverall, who is a normal kind of guest here on A Voice of Hope. And we have Dr. Boniface Odong with us. Yeah. And again, go back and listen to the last episode to kind of get to know um, Boniface a little bit. He's been a friend of Kim and Troy's for a long time. But Troy, this this time we're going to kind of talk a little bit about gratitude. Kind of We're in and amongst the Thanksgiving holidays. And so um, what do you want to lead us into talking about today? A couple uh, episodes ago, Chris, we were talking about uh, our life verses. And Kim and I, you know, we were taken back to my life verse this past summer from vacation, which is Colossians 4.2. And it talks about devote yourselves to prayer, um, being watchful and grateful. And that word grateful to me from that verse uh, has just meant a lot because I know when I'm devoting myself to prayer and I'm watching for God to answer prayers, to communicate with me, sometimes he doesn't. A lot of times I don't get anything. I don't really know. But that word, but be grateful, causes me to reflect upon around me, even though I may not know or see God in these moments. Um, there's so much to be grateful for. And listening to Boniface, the last episode, um, just listening to his story and uh, where God has brought him and problems that I have never had to face, uh, nor most Americans, um, especially inside of our, our faith circles. Uh, it's just like, how in the world do you do this? Well, so this past week, Kim and I were talking about, um, she mentioned the word problems, and then she mentioned the word solutions. And I started thinking about that. And I'm like, you know, if you focus so much on the problems, I see where you begin to feel hopeless. But when you focus on the solutions, not that you can stick your head in the sand and ignore that there's not a problem. But when you focus on solutions, I think it's where, wow, there is hope here. So hope is not found in just staying or stuck in the past or looking at what all is bad. There has to be, again, this word hope that Boniface talked about leading us forward. And I just, this makes so much, so much sense for us to say, don't stick your head in the sand. We can't, there are problems we got to address, but our hope is found through the solutions that God may have for us tied up into, which is overall overarching a relationship with him. This gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that um, one of the things, one of the tidbits that that Boniface shared with us last time um, on the broadcast last week was that faith is the conviction of things hoped for. And this is this is what the scriptures teach us, um, but that it kind of underscores that um, what you're saying, Troy, is that hope is a a forward moving word. Um, and I think, I think that's good. Um, and certainly in, in, um, Boniface's life and the, the reason why we wanted to bring him on the broadcast as a voice of hope is because he, he has, um, actively encountered that kind of journey 
in his life since leaving Uganda and coming um, to America. And he even mentioned being a, a missionary here um, into America from, from, from Uganda and the things um, that he's encountered here with faith and, and with American Christianity. And so it was um, so refreshing to have him. And that's why we wanted to invite him back just to talk with us a little bit further. And it's so, so neat that, you know, we're approaching this Thursday celebrating Thanksgiving here in America and the history of that. And just the whole idea of, you know, we're not even entering a season of Thanksgiving. We should have that constancy of Thanksgiving all year round. But I think this is a time where really, and I'm so grateful, the timing of having Boniface from, you know, from somewhere other than America come in and, and have the experience of being grateful for mm -hmm. what God has done in his life and even how it involves America has been fantastic. So um, staying grateful always is so difficult, um, but yet we're told to do it. <laughs> so this is a great week, but it's not just a season. It needs to be in our lives permanently and constantly. So Boniface, can, can you tell us just a little bit about kind of how do you find gratitude and Thanksgiving through your life and through your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, first, I can't get enough of uh, the, your name, uh, the name of the podcast. You see, the voice of hope. See, it's, it's one thing, it's, we can talk about hope, uh, but what you have done uh, by calling God's voice of hope, and you've turned hope from just being a noun, just a name, but, but you've given it an action. Uh, you see, you've given it something to do. Uh, it is it it has it has it has morphed from being a noun to a verb. That that this hope has to do something. It has to bear fruit, you know. Uh, and so I so I I just can't. I'm fascinated, just thinking of uh, the name. Uh, but when I think of uh, just gratitude and my time in America, like I said earlier on, uh, when I came to the states, I only had thirty dollars. And $30, I'm coming to a country where, uh, where some people spend $30 for lunch or for breakfast. Me, $30 was my social security. <laughs> it, was my, it was my saving. Everything was in that $30. And I'm thinking to myself, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, how can you live on $30 in America? And... But that is what I had, uh, that is what I had. And I remember after one week of being in America, I went into a period of 40 days of praying and fasting because I didn't know what to expect. And so I wanted to begin my journey in America in God because I understood him to be the alpha. And so I took, I took most of November and December in New Jersey, praying and fasting and asking God, this is all I have. Can you bless it? Can you multiply it? Uh, I don't know how things are going to turn out. But I've seen God turn that $30. Uh, and it, well, he, took me from, uh, he took me through my first master's in social work. Uh, with $30, he took me through my master's in divinity. Uh, with $30, he took me through my postgraduate. And I know people talk of uh, when, they when they go to college, they have to get all these loans. Uh, by the time I finished all my education in America, I didn't have any credit. Mm. I, 
it was all paid for. Uh, it was all, I left with zero balance. And this is, if there's any reason to be grateful, this is one of the reasons. You know, being in America, as I said earlier, most of the people will, the way they define gratitude, you see, when gratitude becomes familiar, then it ceases to be a blessing. It becomes what I call an entitlement syndrome. You know, it is, it, uh, it is something that you, you feel like you inherently deserve. And so if I, if, if I can say it better, when the things that used to be on your bucket list now are in your backyard, you don't look forward to them anymore. And so to me, when I think of gratitude, I think of it as being a privilege uh, that God bestowed on us. You know, when I was taking my driving test in New Jersey, I remember the question they asked us, is driving a privilege or a right? And so if you understand gratitude as being a right and not a privilege, you're going to uh, understand it differently and your actions are going to be contrary. Mm -hmm. uh, and my approach is, let us approach gratitude as being a privilege. A privilege is something that can easily be taken away. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but a right is something you feel I deserve it. Uh, but David said it better uh, when I think of gratitude in Psalm 103 verses number one. When David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and praise his holy name. But verse two, David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefit. To me, when I think of gratitude, gratitude should be, we should approach gratitude as a benefit. It is not something that you deserve. Uh, you know, uh, the best distinction I can use is when people go to work, uh, after every month, they're entitled to a salary. Now, that is what you deserve because you work for it. But then you hear your boss say, we are also going to give you benefits. We're going to give you health. We're going to give you housing. We're going to give... This is uh, an addition to what, and so when I think of gratitude is, it is the addition that God, it is a bonus that God has bestowed on us. In fact, if you read Psalm 103, verse two, three, four, five, when David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It is interesting that he lists out five specific things. He says, he who, he says, he who redeems us, he who satisfies us, he who crowns us, he who redeems us, and he who forgives us. We didn't deserve all these things, but God lavishly bestowed it on us. Uh, he gave it to us unapologetically, uh, without any regret. And so uh, we should stop looking at God's blessing as something for us to be entitled to but it's something, it's a privilege that he loved us so much that out of many nations, he chose us, that is willing to relate with us. Who are we among other nations? We didn't pay a price for it. There's nothing that we did to merit his love. There is nothing that we did to deserve his kindness, but out of his compassion and out of his grace, he decided to pick us. You know, the scripture in, in, in 1 Peter 2.8 says, I chose you out of darkness that you may declare the excellencies, that we, we used to live in this dark world, 
but it's like, I want to use you as a model. It says, as a paragon of my excellencies. And so gratitude is a complex subject. So we are not born grateful people. See, it's not something that uh, I've never heard of any baby who is born and turns to the mother and says, thank you for bringing me to this world. Or turns to the father and says, thank you. The first thing the babies do is they cry out. Yeah. This is how our society is. We're always crying out for things. Is 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 is. But I think it's time for us to turn back and say thank you. See, and because it is not innate, because it's not is is it's not something we are born with. See, gratitude has to be taught. Uh, if if it is not taught at a younger age, I always watch parents when they give kids to their kids. They always say, "What do you say?" What do you say? They're trying to inculcate this value in the kids. But if it is not taught then, then as, a, as one psychologist said, we shall be fixated when we grow up because we won't really, there is no point of reference because nobody told this to us. And so coming to America is, I think we being in America is a blessing. Mm-hmm. I hear people say, I'll leave America and go to another country. I say, give me your citizenship. I'll give you mine. So you go. (laughs) (laughs) Me, I am here and I'm not going back. Because because where, in fact, when Jesus asked Peter, after he had told them that I am the bread, and, and they say, this is a hard teaching. Jesus said, do you, because others had left, they thought he was a cannibal. And Jesus turned to the disciples and said, do you also want to go? And Peter said, Master, where can we go? <laughs> you are the life. To me, is where can I go away from America? It is a country that is peaceful. You see, even elections are coming up. We just had our elections recently in Uganda. It is always met with violence. There is always death. Hundreds of people die. The internet is cut off from the entire country. Uh, uh, the streets are filled with military police. Uh, there's always this brutalization. There is, there is no tranquility in terms of elections. But here we have an opportunity where people can say anything they want. Uh, uh, they can talk all things about the president. Back home, you can't say anything about the president. It is the beauty of being in this country. So I feel uh, being in America is, we just need to, in fact, the word is, we have to cultivate gratitude. Uh, we have to cultivate. In fact, the word cultivate has an agricultural term to it, farming. It means we have to dig it from deep there. It is not inside. We're not born with it. Uh, in fact, another English word is express it, convey it. So I can't know it unless I can see it. I can... If people say, you know my heart, I think there's a joke that I think somebody said, you know my heart. And, and the guy said, I'm not a cardiologist. <laughs> you see, you see, is because it is inside, it is inside, you have to express it. See, you can't just keep quiet because I won't know that you're grateful uh, just by sitting with you. In, in fact, the word expression, expression is actually a compound word. There's X. Ex- and there's pressure. The word X means out. 
The word pression means pressing. It means pressure. We've got to press this thing for it to come out because it's not natural. Uh, uh, sometimes we get offended, when, I think, when people don't say thank you. But it's, it is not in them uh, to do that. But we have to convey and wake up every morning and say thank you. In fact, David had to rebuke his soul because, because God had done so many things for him. And so he had to remind his soul, oh, my soul, you got to bless this guy. You got to praise. And he says, with everything in your being, with every fiber of your being, David said, with all that is within me, bless his holy name. Because David understands that the source of my blessing is God. The source Great. of being in America is God. Back home, I used to plant crops. And so, and so when we say cultivate, is we're going to use all these tools. In fact, it is an agriculture term. Uh, uh, if, if you break the word agriculture, there are actually two terms there. There's agro and there's culture. Which comes from cult. Uh, is now, now, something that is cult is unorthodox. It is unconventional. Right. And so when I plant my seed in the ground, what happens to the seed? The seed dies because it's not, it's not meant to be there. But it is from the death of the seed that we get this multiplication. Uh, you know, oh. I, I, think, I think Jesus said it. I think there's a text in John 16 when he said, unless a seed dies. Mm. It is a death to ourselves. When you know that I'm nothing without God, then we uh, we can understand gratitude better. But there's a lot to be grateful about this country. The food, uh, you see people, back home we struggle. I used to walk over 20 miles looking for food. Here, if you, if uh, I think if you have $1, you can buy food. You can go to McDonald's mm. and get something. There is all day, yeah, we live in a country of abundance. And so we need to thank, we need to thank God for his provision. Uh, uh, it's not always easy, but America is my home. Well, those are just some great words from our friend Boniface. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a minute on A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. 
Boniface, is there anything that's that really quickly, um, like you've given us so much, but is there, is there something else that you would um, want to include that we can maybe interact a little bit with you? Oh, I just want to say that uh, for those that I know, I know sometimes things feel so hard in the country with the economic situation, uh, inflation rising up. It's easy for all these things to suck out the little hope we have. Uh, it's the reason for us to give up because we feel like we have lost almost everything that we had. Uh, you know, but I was sharing, uh, I think sometime back I shared with the church the story of the weed of Zarephath. You see here we talk of an impending recession, but the weed of Zarephath, that was more than a recession because the economy came crumbling. Uh, if mothers were selling their kids, uh, kings could not provide for anyone. Uh, but in the midst of, 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 uh, of famine that had lasted four years in the days of Elijah, and also eight years in the days of Elisha, I think there's a prophecy by Elisha when he said, by this time tomorrow, the floodgates of heavens will be opened. And uh, the arm, the arm, and also the gentleman on whose arm the king lead on said it can never happen because, because people had become so used to the famine. You know, it had taken so long that it became part of people's life. They didn't see any way out. And so everybody doubted that they will ever come out of it. But the word of the Lord trumps every situation. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah when God said this situ that I'm going to turn this around, and, if, and even when it seems so impossible to human understanding, human comprehension, God came through for his people. Can I interrupt you for a second? Because yeah. that's an important thing that you're sharing right now. And I think so applicable to so many people when we, when we encounter a situation where we feel like this is impossible, like there's, there's no way, humanly speaking, that we can, um, you know, get around this. Um, what would you say to that person? Yeah, it is true. Uh, I know I always say faith does not deny reality. You know, uh, we have to acknowledge that the situations we are going through is unfortunate, that it is hard. That is what, that's what faith does. You know, there's a text that says, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say it is, the weak have to acknowledge that they are weak. But then they have to repudiate that word with a positive word. And that is where hope comes in. I know I am weak, but there is some, there's a little bit of strength left in me. What are some practical, like some, maybe some practical tools, just something that people can really um, relate to where um, when they encounter a situation like that, uh, you know, just some quick things that you could, you could tell somebody, Hey, you can you can do this and restore your restore your hope. What are some tools like that? Actually, yeah, uh, one I always tell people that you know sometimes when we go through these difficult moments, our spiritual lives are shaken, and so there's a tendency for us to feel like we have backslidden, that we are no longer in in God's presence, that we are no longer on fire for God. But my message is always to encourage people to say it is okay to feel that way. It is okay to feel like I'm in the valley uh, because God is not just the God of the mountain. 
That's good. But he's also the God of the valley. So when you feel like everything around you is darkness, that even in the midst of darkness, God is still there. Because David says, I think in Psalm 136, think verse 7, he says, even when I make my bed in the deepest of hell, you are mm -hmm. still there. And so we just have to always have this awareness that God is there, even when you don't feel him. Yeah. So that's good. So have an awareness that God is there. What else? Yeah, yeah, and also one of the things I do is uh, is is also to reach out, to talk to people, you know, to share again, like we say, express these things out. One of the reasons why pressure builds up is because there is no outlet, and so so have that point where you can pour out. Uh, there are specialists, counselors. Reach out. We open, share, mm. let it go, because if you hold it in, it is it is going to kill us because it's building. And that building is causing more harm. It's like an internal building. So let it out. Let it talk to people. Feel like screaming, scream. Feel like it is okay to feel that way because God is still God. There's right. a verse. There's a verse in Psalm 51 that says, "Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you." And I was loving when you were talking about cultivating that. Sometimes we have to work up this place and and come out and offer it and be a voice outwardly not just in our minds or in our hearts but we need to say something do something be with something mm -hmm. yeah also gratitude makes us more resilient when we cultivate this attitude you know if we read through scriptures because because when we think of gratitude it's this positive emotion it is i know it's okay but i shout it out on the mountaintop is lord i'm thank you i can't pray but i thank you i thank you you know mm. yeah yeah, we don't have to know everything. Yep, that's yeah. true. That's true. Well, Bobas, thank you so much uh, for your time on these two episodes. Kim, thanks for asking such great questions, Troy. Thanks for just being who you are, uh, <laughs> the voice of hope that you you uh, lead us. Thanks. We are thankful for all of you uh, listening today. Again, you can always get more information at ami1.net, and we will talk to you again next time on A Voice of Hope.